You are now tuning in to Lex and RDDC Broadcast Station, serving up on the double doses for us all. Welcome back to the Real Double Dose channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live, like we always say, for here or anywhere else that we're associated with. Get a hold of us at Real Double Dose channel at yandex.com. That is Y-A-N-D-E-X.com and at Real Double Dose channel.blogspot.com where you can check out our expert guests and so much more insights about life and beyond. We're trying to catch up where we're getting the mustard. So you know what to do. If you're not tuning in from those places, which we see you from all over the world and we love you and appreciate your support. Also, tune in, Stitcher Radio, Spreaker.com, Spotify.com, as well as iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google Cast, so much more. SoundCloud, you got all the links listed, 15 other platforms, and going to cross over to FM and YouTube as well. So, FM Radio, that is. So, anyways, I just wanted to thank and, sh- like, just basically give all of you wonderful listeners and all the thousands of downloads we see that you're carrying all these shows and episodes with you, all the love and gratification that it needs because you are amazing, especially during these times. If you have not already, and thank you to the 200 plus that have that I know of, have signed up for your free gift card giveaways. Make sure you do that. Now's the time to really do a little online shopping and our travel giveaways will be given done soon once we get understanding more of this COVID-19 situation. But without further ado, we have our wonderful amazing and awesome Tracy Maxfield. So Tracy is a retired nurse, author, speaker, and stop bullying mental health advocate and educator. In 2015, she experienced an acute depressive episode due to workplace bullying and plummeted down to the rabbit hole. Okay. Her book, Escaping the Rabbit Hole, My Life with Depression, documents her journey. Tracy has appeared in over 80 podcasts and radio TV shows globally, has a YouTube channel and online course, Mental Illness and Children and Teenagers, What You Need to Know in a Weekly Podcast, Engage, Educate, Empower, which addresses social issues, which we definitely need right now, life challenges and day-to-day problems kids everywhere deal with. Uh, mental illness, bullying, suicide, foster care, uh, ACEs, adoption, substance abuse, you name it, we got it. So thank you, wonderful Tracy, for being on here. How are you doing, my dear? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the invitation. How are you? You know, I'm happy that we, okay, so everyone, we, Tracy and I spoke for a little bit before we went on here, but you know, we, <laughs> I had to get on here and be like, hi, Tracy. Nice to meet you. But yeah, I'm doing great now that you and I got a chance to speak. And since everyone wasn't a part of that, it was basically about everything in life going on right now and a little spoonful of sugar um, on there. But you know, I'm happy. I'm happy and I'm blessed that you are with us now and I'm I'm very appreciative that you took the time to be here during all these things because you know I've heard trillions of excuses different things happening and real legitimate excuses and different things happening but you know you showed up to be here with us so at the end of the day while, let's let's look at the pages of the wonderful chapters in which you now live and write how are, how has that journey been going for you the journey actually I consider my life a gift after everything that happened to me when I fell down the rabbit hole and the depression and the suicide and just the feelings of, you know, eternal darkness and hopelessness, when I finally emerged um, and escaped the rabbit hole, um, I was a very different person. And I tell people that even though everything that happened to me was horrible and I never want to go through it again, I consider it a gift. Because it brought me to a point in my life where I, I finally realized what is truly important. And 
how I wanted to live the rest of my life, for however long I have, um, with with a purpose. I consider it embarking on a new life journey. And the work I'm doing now, primarily children, teenagers, and adults, obviously, it, it's very, very challenging. Um, we deal with a society that really don't want to talk about issues like bullying, racism, you know, drug abuse, mental illness, suicide. But I feel that I'm, I'm one of the voices that I'm trying to get people to understand that we need to really support and value our kids and we really need to give them the best opportunity to move forward. Very true. Very true. I mean, as far, like you said, the, the rabbit hole, um, being able to escape that you said just basically feeling like eternal, like an eternal kind of darkness coming over, like there was no signs of getting out of it. No, this, this episode of depression, I've had two previous episodes, um, one when I was in my late 20s, another one when I was in my early 40s. Okay. This one was by far the, the absolute worst. Um, oh, wow. Just with the, the intense physical symptoms that accompanied it, but also the overwhelming to end my life. The suicidal thoughts and ideation oh, never left. Wow. It, it, was a, it, it was a daily battle. And, you know, when you go day after day, then it goes into months, and then years pass, and you're not seeing even a chink of light, which to me was, you know, that escape. Um, I, I truly understand why some make that decision that they just can't go on. Um, because it, it, it's an excruciating existence. The level of emotional pain and sadness. Yeah. And, you know, just that I don't think I can wake up again and have to battle another day. Even now, uh, I mean, it's 2020. Five years later, I, I'm still amazed that I made it out. Yeah. Um, I'm happy it, you did. You know, so am I. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it changed. I think I, I found strength and resilience that I, I never knew I had. And I think when I emerged the other side and published my book, it really was to share my story. And it's very, very raw and real. I pull no punches, but I, I want people, I want those that are kind of walking this same journey to understand and that they're not alone, and that there is hope, I think. In life, we always need to have that glimmer of hope. I think that's what propels us to continue to move forward, and it was trying to really offer that comfort and support that, you know what, you've got this, just keep going just a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, it is. I'm still surprised when I, you know, when I, when I give talks and when I, you know, when I go on different uh, podcasts and radio shows, and I still say, I, I, I feel very blessed that I made it out the other side and now have this opportunity where I can help others, try to make a difference in someone else's life. 
Yeah. And you know what? I thought about that too. Two things, actually. Yeah. I'm, my mind's percolating like, <laughs> while we're talking. But at the same time, I was thinking about what you and I were just kind of flowing them to before Anthony kind of rudely interrupted us a little bit from the background. We love you, but you know, um, I'm just saying Tracy and I were zenning, you know, we're in the, in the, in the training day zone with Denzel. But, uh, we'll say, <laughs> hashtag facts. We want you, Denzel. If you will hear us when I go on the huge major platform and we will have a date with you, friendly or not. We'll just sit there and watch you eat. So I'm just, <laughs> now there is some hope for me right there. But I was thinking like that whole, <laughs> that whole, that whole journey of you that you said about, you spoke about, um, being in this gloomy and this whole really deep down, no glimpse of, of light coming in for that long. And speaking and referencing God rest her soul, my sister, that's what I think it was too. I mean, I saw that for years. It was like, even though she was nursing and trying to put her smiles in the right place and trying to do that, I saw her just going down this rabbit hole constantly, just where you could just see there was not any kind of way for the light to kind of get through on her aspect of things. And then, and also I know it was certain things that she would not allow herself to kind of get through on different levels. And it could be because of a mental illness going on at the time or just different things she didn't really assess to us all the way. Uh, Cause her and I both came from a life of a uh, childhood of abuse. So for me, I believe from what seeing it is I decided, cause I told people most things you can name if a person ever did, whether it be in the movies or whether it be in life, I can probably say I test that I've, I've done at least a good 80% of those things. And I've been through it, I mean, like, literally, from the male perspective and female's perspective, understanding how far in life you can go. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think for mine, I was always the cloud chaser. Even though depression wanted to eat me up and I didn't speak about anything till I was 19, it was just kind of like at the point, even that point, it, I never had any reassurance from it. But yeah, that constant feeling of, of feeling like you're down in this whole place, you can't even, it's like almost like a purgatory that you're living on this whole this whole planetary life. And then I also think about this for parents and stuff out there. So I know a lot of you from what I know from what the team tells me that it ranges sometimes from 16 year olds all the way down from our latest 81 year old uh, listeners out there from doctors, from people home, stay at home, grandmas, you know, kids in school, parents beware. I mean, as far as teenagers beware too, because we have to look at the fact, even if we're in this place, we have to shake ourselves, even the fraction to be able to look to see who else are we reflecting this upon who might be picking it up from us. And I thought about that because Dove had a commercial where it was like some years, oh, a few years ago. And this girl was in the mirror and her mom was saying, oh, you're so beautiful, you know. And she was like, oh, you look just like me. And people kept saying, you look just like your mother. And all of a sudden she was coming around the corner of the bathroom one day and her mother was in the mirror and she just said, oh, my God, you're so ugly. You're so disgusting. Talking to herself, mind you. And her daughter walked past the bathroom and went in the mirror and just started basically like putting some kind of paint on the mirror and said, oh, my God, I look just like my mother. So even though we're not referencing on looks, you know, looks alone, it's just the point that 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 feeling that you feel we might be in that state and all of a sudden it might resonate to our child or we might be in there as a teenager and it might go to our little sister or brother or wherever. Like, you know, it, it, it is contagious sometimes in a different kind of effect. I just wanted to put that out there. No. And you're absolutely right, and we know from all the research and everything that's been released now what stress and what emotional, physical, sexual trauma and abuse and just 
challenges in life, how it helps shape a child's brain. And it, it actually impacts brain development and growth. And so, you know, when you make a choice to have a child, the decision should be that your life problem should not become your child. They're no. not equipped to, de- to deal with that. And I think sometimes parents, adults forget about that. They forget that, you know, a child is vulnerable and a child does not know how to solve adult problems. Yeah. And yet we seem to continually allow them to experience adult situations, adult topics, I mean, just via the news and what's on the internet. And we don't sit down and explain to them what is correct, what is ethically wrong, what is illegal. We expect them to figure that out for themselves. They can't do that. And, you know, it's the same as um, I, I suffered horrendous emotional abuse. And to this day, I can remember some of the things that my parents said to me that I call them acid, you know, acid tattoos in the brain. They are marked there. And so when you say something that is horribly negative or really, you know, makes your child think that they are unworthy of love or just unworthy of being anything in life, you can't then say, oh, they know I did it or, oh, they'll just get over it. No, they don't. They don't. These no. things with children because if a parent or a trusted adult is saying that, kids want connection. They want to be loved. They want to be validated. They want to feel they're part of something bigger. And when you tell them they're unworthy, oh my, you know, the person that they trust and love respect the most, even if it's Nipsa, that that just ringed in their brain and for people to say, oh, no, by the time they're 30, they know I didn't mean it. I say, BS. No. <laughs> right? It, it isn't. It's, it is there. And if, if you say something off the cuff to a child and then regret your actions later, you have to be that big a person and go to them and apologize and explain why you said it. Because if they can't rationalize it and understand, then they, they carry it. No, they'll carry it. And I think this is what we, why we are seeing so much unrest and turmoil and confusion, not only in society, but especially amongst our kids. Like, suicide is at an all-time high with children. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is absurd. There's, you know, they're supposed to be children experiencing the wonders of life, not going through so much pain and fear that they feel they're unworthy to live. To me, that is, that is beyond a tragedy. It's heartbreaking. It's horribly heartbreaking. That's what I was saying about that video I had witnessed the other day. Like, and I mean, and this is retrospect. I know everyone's probably going to hear the next, you know, different kind of episode I do where I'm basically speaking about the I Can't Breathe movement. And it's just even beyond that, you know, I mean, it's, it's very important from beyond that, but he, he, that kid couldn't even look at himself. I mean, he did not like who he was because the world told him he was not enough or because he couldn't change. Yeah. He couldn't change his, his color, texture of his hair. He couldn't change this. And that right there, especially for a child, people think because children are so advanced. Why? Because they have an iPad, because they're on social media and all this stuff. They're just discovering something new to do. 
You know, it doesn't ma- mean that they have understood what has happened for hundreds of years. It's not like it used to be in the old school to where you had to kind of unravel things and hear it from your parents and your grandparents. And it's only a handful of us left. And if we're not there teaching people on why things stem from, for example, like Tracy was saying, you know, I, oh, here we go. Page from my book again. Okay. So my niece, she was sitting there doing something. And I remember I, my mind was somewhere and I was just feeling icky and I did not catch myself in the moment. This happened a few years ago. She was about eight years old at the time. And I remember she was like, oh, okay, TT, can we go to McDonald's now and go play? And I was like, I just looked at her for a moment and my mind didn't even think about what I was saying. And I said, come on, is everything a game to you right now? Like you just had this and you just had that, like, okay, you're being a selfish person. And I just walked away and I'm like, I did not think because she's so sweet. I'm like, did I just say that to an eight-year-old girl? And I had to process that. And I'm like, how how is that going to feel for her? Because if I sit there and just act normal later, she's still holding on to what I said. Yeah, I had to yeah. go back and sit with her. And I said, Mama, let me tell you something. And that's why I call her. People don't know right now. We call her Mama. Like, okay, whether it be Latin culture, whether it be the brown culture, whatever. I just say, hey, little Mama. I was like, you know, I was like, I want to say, Titi didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean selfish as far as you're all I said you're very giving very sweet you're always caring about someone else I said that because I was in a bad mood and I shouldn't have said that because you're not but I just meant maybe you know you could just be happy for a moment and we'll get to where you want to go later I frustrated and she just looked at me and she gave me a hug and said it's okay TT I understand I forgive you so that's what it was. And after that, it made me feel so good. Now, I did go buy her 10 pounds of candy afterwards. I'm just saying. But I'm like, <laughs> she had it melt my heart. I felt bad. I was, she was like, okay, so I'm going to get cavities. I'm like, no, you don't. I got plenty of toothpaste, you know. So I was just told her, I'm like, and it's funny because she told someone else later on, one of my friends, it's okay if TT has a little moment of frustration because, you know, this is when she's 10 now because she'll go buy you a lot of candy. Just It's okay. Just let her go through it and she'll go give you a lot of candy. You know, so I was like, oh, no, I didn't want to teach her that. But at the same time, when she looked at me in a different kind of humble respect, even from a child perspective, to say, look, my my auntie said this. I know it was out of her character from how I know my auntie. But she said this and she came back to me and explained why she said it and what she meant from it and exactly that. So when she got, grows, grew up or now she's going 11 to realize, okay, what does selfish mean? Because when she sees that word in school or hears it, it's going to resonate to her from any person that has said that word to her. Selfish. She's going to think back to, yeah, yeah, to either if her mom said it or my brother said it, or if, uh, uh, you know, she's going to be like, oh, well, Titi called me that. Selfish. Oh, that's what she meant by it. But she's going to also remember, everyone, the why I sat down and explained to her what I was meaning and the forgiveness I asked because of what I said out of a point where I didn't mean it in that mannerism. But as, as that moment in time, even though she's 11 now, she still couldn't comprehend what I was saying all the way. And she won't all the way until she gets older, but she'll still remember the fact that I can't and explained it to her. So I just, yeah, yeah, you know. No, and I agree. And I think this is maybe what lots of adults, lots of parents don't realize is we, we expect, as we expect children to respect others, to respect, we, there was the old term, respect your elder. Um, but it was basically respecting adults. Uh-huh. And, and yet, as parents, as adults, should respect children. We should respect teenagers. Um, it goes two ways because if you don't show a child or a teenager respect, which could be explaining things, apologizing, assuming accountability if you did something, 
and it, it you know it hurts that child if you don't show that child respect then they're gonna grow up thinking you know the big picture of well how can I respect myself if my parents couldn't respect me children do need your respect if and I think respect is slightly different in, in maybe what we know as we get older. But if you be mean to your child and you walk away and you're beating yourself up, if you don't go back and talk it through with your child, then that's, that's a lack of respect. Yeah. And, you, you know, it, everyone is worthy of respect. I, I don't care what age they are. Every single person in the world is worthy of respect and you do you know if your child has an idea if your teenager has an idea and you think it's silly and you tell them that and it's stupid and don't come to me again with that that is so disrespectful yeah absolutely it, you know it, it, i think people are forgetting that body language and what we verbalize changes and shapes their brains, how they respond to people, how they respond to themselves, helps, you know, how they develop coping strategies, everything. It, it, you have to think of a child's brain as like a malleable piece of clay, Play-Doh. You fill it with love and positive and kindness and confidence and self-worth. You will have a really well-rounded child. If you feel it anger and hatred and negativity, you're going to shape a child who's going to go into the world with so many issues that it increases their likelihood of, of, you know, having a mental illness, of being bullied, of becoming a bully, of falling in with the wrong gang. It's, and I don't think, you know, everyone, they, yeah, I shouted at him. I told him he was worthless. But I hugged him two days later. Well, if you didn't verbalize how you felt and how sorry you are, that hug doesn't mean anything. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think we really have to really reframe how our behavior, how our actions are impacting children and teenagers. They are sick. They are taking everything in. And if we're not helping them negotiate that way and explain things, they will figure it out themselves by listening to peers, by going on the internet, and what they may be reading may not be the right thing. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. And they want to escape what the things have been said to them by either some people torture animals, some people just try to you know do all kinds of stuff. And I've, I've been hearing a lot of stories where a lot more recently where a lot more children are killing their siblings. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, what do you mean a 10-year-old just killed a 5-year-old or suffocated? And like, all that anger and frustration they're feeling. And people, oh, it's just because of COVID. No, it's not. People, look, let's be real here. Yeah, you know, Tracy, let's get on them, Tracy. Let's tell it. I'm like, (laughs) COVID happened. We get it. COVID's been around probably since, at least I know in this part of the States. I'm in Minnesota right now. But I'm saying, like, it it probably happened um, from what we hear about November. I know I had a couple people that literally had every sign of COVID November last year and they went and it was a respiratory deep infection now i've seen this happen different things where doctors never even saw it now we have a label on it but besides the kids being in that environment a lot of stuff purges out of us when we have to focus on it 
Now we have to focus because yeah. we can't run to work. We can't run to school. We can't do all the internet kind of gets annoying after a certain point because you're thinking, man, before I had to search to the internet because I didn't have time for running around. Now I got the internet at my fingertips all the time. So therefore your child or that child, I'm just saying, I can't really speak on behalf of what he was thinking, but for me, for you to choke and suffocate your little five-year-old sister, um, and for you to be able to, you know, burn uh, your next door neighbor's 18 month old child to death, um, there has to be something, a deeper rooted cause, you know, and people have to be more accountable for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the challenge is, is that people are instead of, again, owning up to themselves and what they are responsible for, they are blaming other things. So right now, yes, the COVID-19 pandemic has been a very, very scary and unpleasant experience for so many people, especially those that were put on man- mandatory lockdown. Absolutely. Um, but as you said, you know, when a 10-year-old boy takes it upon himself to murder his sibling, that did not happen COVID-19. Exactly. If everyone was honest, and sat down and had a very transparent conversation, they would acknowledge that from the moment of birth, they saw things in that boy that was different. And as he became a toddler and then turned six, seven, they saw things. Now, we don't know the full story. They may have tried to find help and never and never got it. But usually when it comes to that stage, and again, people, I think, are still having a difficult time reconciling with the fact that children can have mental illnesses, uh-huh. right? It is not an adult thing. We know that 50% of all lifetime mental illnesses show signs and symptoms by age 14, and 75% show signs and symptoms by age 24. Wow. So given that, we know that before the age of 14, there are 50% of all kids are battling some kind of mental illness. This child was showing signs and symptoms that should have alerted the parents or even the teachers that something wasn't right. Yeah. The way he interacted with toys, the way he interacted with adults, you know, um, his peers at school, all the clues were there, except they were not willing to accept it. They probably may have said, oh, he's spot, oh, he's going through a stage, oh, he likes being number one. But, you know, and that's the issue, because if, you, if we don't start understanding that behaviors, are showing us that something is not right, something is going on in that child's world and we do not get that help in a timely manner, then it just continues to escalate. And that's why we suddenly see maybe an 11-year-old boy who chooses suicide as a way out. Yeah. The parents, you know, and some, and I'm not blaming the parents, but people will say, I never saw it coming. No, you saw it coming, but, and I don't want this to sound harsh, but you didn't, you were not as responsive, maybe, to what you saw going on in your child's life, and you discounted it as, oh, he's just going through a stage, or he's always 
a very quiet child. Exactly. Um, you know, and so I think that that is some of the challenges. Yes, with the COVID-19, I think probably what it did was that child in an environment where he was now faced with his 24-7. There was not the going to school, right, to, uh-huh. to distance them. There was, he, there was not the opportunity to do an activity or go outside and play. It was 24-7 in your face, siblings, and depending on how the parents were responding to his needs and to his sister's needs, it gets to the point where it's like, you know, it's like the volcano erupts. Yeah. All the lava but came out. Before, you know, it was it was not the cause. It was just it's kind of like you know we call it the you know the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But it was not the cause. It, it was always there. Just all of a sudden, life circumstances put that child in a situation where he could not control anything anymore, and he just had to react. And he did that. Yeah. And it's it's horrible. And you know it's the same as that's why we're seeing the animals being harmed. When you put someone who has a predisposition to go down that route and you put them in that animal's world 24-7 because of what COVID did, then it's only a matter of time. That is so, yeah, that's very profound. Very, very profound. Like a ticking time bomb. Like the, it that, is. yeah, it that is. moment. Because you said, like, and 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 Trace, Tracy was saying mildly nice. I mean, that's the truth. But at the same time, I almost said, I see, I like the way Tracy said it because I almost said we failed. Okay, <laughs> someone failed to try to recognize the signs or whatever. But I, I, I want to say it from that word. It's harsh, but at the same time, that's from my conversation. But I will say that a lot of us put our stuff in the front line and put what we see and what we're noticing on the back burner and dismissing it um, and piggybacking off of what Tracy was saying as, oh, it's just them going through something. Oh, they're just going through an adolescent phase. Oh, they're just having a bad fit because they didn't have ice cream last yeah. night. We're dismissing the deeper roots because we're so either caught up in our own. Well, we're an adult. We got bills. We got this. But it doesn't make our problems more um, important than theirs. And it doesn't make what we're going through uh, a difference to say, well, well, let's assess what we're going through because what we're going through is more important because we support their livelihood. You know, that kind of thing. I'm just saying for those out there who probably say, well, I wonder what that happened. Well, it was a series of events that happened to either one of us or someone in that, that, that situation had a relationship going on or something going on in their life to where the child has witnessed different things happening or have has felt some type of way and couldn't express that anger from whatever mental illness might be happening or different things happening inside of itself to just say, you know what, I'm going to lash out. I'm going to go out this time and go all the way through. Or maybe some things we've been or they've been doing that weren't really aware that their child was actually capable of it. I mean, it's it's freaky to know when you come into a room, not only from the reports, um, at least Anthony tells me right now, not only from the reports did the boy choke his little sister to death, they literally came in and her throat was encaved, meaning his handprints were so on her neck his handprints still were on her neck by the time the coroner's office showed up. Her neck was blue. So he was sitting there and all he said was, I don't know what happened. I just got mad. For you to say you just got mad and have his little five-year-old's throat crushed in by her 10-year-old brother who loved the crap out of her. I'm just saying, there. yeah, there's some deep issues there. I agree, Tracy. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, as a society, as adults, 
I think we all need to start stepping up and being there for kids. I mean, if if you know that some, you know, a child is being abused, if you see things and you walk that side and go, I can't believe what that child is going through, poor thing, and you don't do anything, then you're just as complicit. I mean, we we are forgetting kids do not have the rescue plans, the escape plans that we have as adults. They don't have the social skills and the life experiences to do that. And so they will respond the only way they know how. And, you know, all these teenagers that are addicted to opioids, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, look, he was a bad apple to start with. Kids are never born as bad apples. No. Right? Kids are not born that way. So you have to ask yourself, why did he become a bad apple? What was going on in his life that he felt the only way to deal with the pain was to take drugs? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and we, we really have to start looking at the issues upstream, not deal with the catastrophes downstream of, you know, oh, well, now we'll teach you to recognize the signs of suicide. You know, that's wow. great to be alert to what they are saying or doing could imply that they're going to harm themselves. That's great. But why aren't we going back to the beginning and trying to help understand what kids are going through so they never get to the point where they're saying suicide is my only option. Absolutely. Bravo. Bravo. Absolutely. There you go. Right there. Get to the root of it before it gets out of craziness. You know, the dandelions, if you see four dandelions in your yard, which we got a chance to face with four different yards. Yeah, all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, oh, how did I get to 17 million dandelions? Well, you didn't pick out or figure out how to get rid of the four. Like this, let's be clear here. You know, you just ignored it and you kept walking by it every day. You went in the house over and over. The rain came, storm came, you took out the trash. And guess what? You finally said, oh, wow, we have a problem here. We've been had a problem here. You just failed to recognize it because you were so caught up in your own lane. Hashtag facts. Just had to throw it. I got you, Tracy. I got you. (laughs) I got your back, Tracy. I got your back. Just saying Got your back and your front from what's going on with that. I mean, at the end of the day, so the whole understanding of that, when you were in yours, you were in your adulthood, you said, you said you had went through your episodes that was it 20 and 40? Uh, yeah, in my, uh, I think it was late 20s, early 30s. I had my first episode of depression and then it was my early 40s. Okay. And yeah. And then of course the big one was in 2015. And you know, when I look back, I, I talk a lot about ACEs now, adverse childhood experiences, because we know that the more traumatic stress and adverse experiences that a child has growing up, it increases the likelihood of developing chronic health problems in later life. Also increases the likelihood of, of developing a mental illness. And when I look at what I went through as a child and a teenager, uh, my ACE score was five out of ten which is very high. And here I am down the rabbit hole and I'm looking and thinking, well, of course it was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, all the planets, all the planets were aligned because of what I'd had, what experienced as a child 
then obviously the depression. Then I had work. Then I would go. I went through four and a half years of workplace bullying, and it was like, how could you not have fallen down the rabbit hole? But at the time, you don't see it. Now, thankfully, we have doctors and psychiatrists saying, "Hey, look, we know that if a child has all these aces and they've not even reached ten, you're gonna at least by the time he's a teenager." You need to make sure he's got love and support because he is not going to have a good life. I mean, they've already said, right, the COVID-19 pandemic, every single child and teenager in the world now has one A-score because wow. of what, what, what has happened, right? Yeah. Because it's the fear of the unknown. It's it's also the fact that we have removed them from their peer support groups and we've isolated them. and. Now more than ever, you know, as teenagers are trying to find their identity and develop into that adult, peers and their friends and their little cliques are what they rely on. Their parents are secondary. They need to feel they belong in that group, that they have their respect and support. And we've taken that away, unfortunately. And so they have one ace. Now imagine if 13-year-old Joe also has an alcoholic, abusive father. Mm. Well, now his age school, right? Now his age school has gone to three. Wow. What if his mom is not handling the COVID-19 pandemic too well and is now extremely anxious and gets depression? Now his age school has gone to four and he's only 13. And so if, when he, when Joe goes back to school, he is not going to assimilate like he did before the pandemic. And you are going to see a boy that will start being confused and fearful and acting out. And I, I, this is the real scary time. Um, when the pandemic was, was announced and isolation began, I, I wrote constantly and tried to tell people, you need to watch your kids. Because this is going to impact them the most. And we're going to have a mental health crisis on our hands when society reopens. The likes of which we never imagined. Because cannot expect after all that these kids have gone through. It's a little abusive child in abusive households. have had to endure this. Months and months of lockdown. When they go back to school, you will not see that same child that you remember before lockdown. And so teachers and counselors and adults everywhere have to be so observant and be there to support these kids because it is not going to be all sunshine and roses. They are carrying with them so many traumatic scars. And we we need to be there and give them that support. Otherwise, they're going to go down a very dark path, not by choice, but because they feel it's the only way that can help them cope and and help them with the pain. And we don't want that. We do not want, you know, a 13-year-old boy who's got a wonderful future ahead of him to decide drugs, alcohol, and joining a gang is the only way that he feels he's being supported. Exactly, yeah. And and I tell people, too, from the different from people from all walks of life, especially those from behind the wall, different ones. I I hear almost a simulation of a story where they tell me I couldn't feel the unity at home 
So I decided to join yeah. an organization or a group of my friends that felt like we were a brotherhood. So basically they all yeah. left. They all, yeah, they all left or the girls hung out with girls that feel like they had a sister, someone they could speak to that is not going to judge them or be unbiased. Uh, and then and be with someone who uh, has the same mind frame or the same thing where they're escaping home. And I thought about that too. I mean, where, uh, you know, people who have abusive relationships, now they have to deal with that. And then the stress is 10 times more. Um, and then I said, man, that's going to suck for a kid that went to school just to get away the, for those eight or nine hours a day they had an escape and now they're stuck with it now now they can't uh, now they're seeing from what happened and those who didn't have to escape but went to school for just you know quote normally if normally ever exist um just to the point where they were like man i didn't even know this was going on at home when I'm not, now I'm, I'm hearing conversations I never heard before. I'm seeing different sides of mom and dad or my mom or her boyfriend or yeah. my boyfriend or my dad and his girlfriend going on. I'm seeing frustration. I'm getting yelled at for things I've never would have been yelled at before. So their whole concept, like you said, their whole mind is twisted like a pretzel and trying to understand how did we get here? Are they mad because I'm home? Are they mad because of just the bills and COVID? Am, am I a problem? And, and all these other things. And I remember um, another female or I think she was, I think she was about 17, um, she just went on ABC speaking about this a few weeks ago as well. Her mom, she said, my mom died of COVID, but not in the way that you think so. And then all of a sudden she had showed the recording of the video she had did with her, her mom's uh, fiance and her mom was a nurse at the hospital and he was doing his work, but he got laid off. And I guess he was already to like basically a level seven abuser and they were tolerating it and tolerating it. But once he got laid off, I guess one 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 wrong word from you know the, his his girlfriend at the time, even though she was just speaking her mind as a person, made yeah. him trigger off, and he she got the phone call and said, "Hey, your mom was just murdered by her boyfriend," and she was thinking, "Wow, I mean, from whatever aspect they want to say, it's just the whole point that that happened a snap a snap, and it just happened. So now yeah. that girl is just kind of like, "Wow, so what's going to be the effects of her?" Moving on in her adulthood now to say, man, I just lost my mom at 17 from a boyfriend that snapped her neck because he was frustrated about his whole life and COVID. It's crazy how the ripple effect works. That's why I tell people, like, oh, yeah, it yeah. It is. And, you know, that's why I, I cannot stress enough that, you know, as adults, we all have a role to play in helping kids move forward. And even if you don't have children, or your children are grown up, and you're the neighbor, or you're the, you know, the mailman, or you're the coach, or just, you know, the lady in the store, reach out and be there. You know, every kid needs to have a trusted adult go to that will listen to them, and will support them, and, you know, a be there for guidance, be a mentor, be a role model, just be there. You know, if they haven't, if they haven't got parental influence that will support them, if their teachers are not there for them, then be that person that, you know, that you can just sit and listen to them. That's what kids need. They need to know that there is always someone who's going to be in their corner. Absolutely. And be that person. You know, be that person. I, it, 
if they reach out to you, if you see them and they're, you know, you think, ooh, the body language, they don't seem happy, or I just hear their dad scream and shout at them, just be nice, say hello, hey, how's it going? And I know we have to be very aware of, you know, stranger danger and all the things that are going on, but try try and be that better person and reach out and just be that hand that they could grab onto when they need it because children, you know, kids, they don't feel heard. They may shout and scream and they may try and tell you what's going on, but so many times adults just walk away and say, yeah, 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 whatever. And it's like, no, if they have something to say, then you need to listen. Absolutely. You really need That's true. And a lot of, um, like you said, your journey prompting you to be able to see it and recognize it and be able to have that, you know, escaping the rabbit hole, your journey through depression. That right there for everyone listening. So, I mean, if you ever need a guideline or something to kind of get your mind to where you can say, well, how do I begin? How do I get this? That's all it takes some time. And, and that's the whole thing where I'm revamping mine. I know everyone's heard about my illumination book coming out, but at the same time, I have to revamp and start putting in there the extra journeys it took to get there because it was almost basically the process of 2015. Like it was Tracy was saying, like, I looked at, I was thinking about when you said that. I'm like, man, that's when everything transitioned for me. Like I was in that state. I was in that state. And that was a few years before my sister took her life. So I was in that state to where I was in a very deep, dark focal point where I'm like, man, and it was actually another individual that helped bring me and I helped him let me and allow myself to be dragged down to the point of where all I could think about every single day was how to die, what way to die. And, you know, like it, everything was just gloomy. Even the most beautiful things I would not crack a smile for. I wouldn't do. And I just felt like, man, this I mean, is this going to. And I had to ask myself that at the lake one day. I said, is this going to last forever? Lex, like, what, what is this going to always be here? And it felt like there was no way out until I got a chance to be introduced to myself. And it was a whole different level. Not the myself that I, I allowed myself to be, but the real self of who I never knew was. It's crazy. Like at that point right there. And I'm, I'm happy that you got a chance to write that book. I mean, cause that right there is, is fuel to fire all of all those who are out there dealing with it. Cause you have to assess whatever's going on. Because even if it's not in your personal home, your actions and emotions and all that energy that you're carrying with you. That you're not trying to recognize or avoiding or don't know it's there all the way, but you know something's off is still affecting someone in your family, someone in your friendship, some circle you have. No matter how alone you think you are, you still have a circle. Whether it be you going to the store and saying hi to the cashier and never speaking to another person, you still have a circle. Someone could just be timing you to pass by that way to go to, to the store just so they feel like they're in normalcy anything. You never know. You never know who you affect by the energy that you allow yourself to carry and the things that you're going through. And honestly, I believe too, a lot of this escaping the rabbit hole is basically escaping it on many levels uh, from, from what that is too, because once you open up what's going on, you can start assessing, I need to remove things from my life and assess things in my life. 
And once you get those two balanced out, yeah, you don't have to, if you're having negative energy with the partner or spouse and you've worked it out any way you can and all it's doing is causing harm. And I remember my sister's son, my nephew had told her, mommy, if you don't leave, and this is, I mean, even though she decided to, you know, chose that path to take her life, 18 years of abusive marriage to the point where he was hell, I mean, he was hell on fire. I mean, even to putting her in a trunk. It's just the whole point. Like that, that, that could be a whole freaking scary Stephen King movie itself. I fought with the guy physically a couple times myself. It's just the point. Her, my nephew told her, mommy, just about a year before she took her life, mommy, if you don't change something, you're going to die. And he's the most wonderful autistic little nephew in the world. You wouldn't even know he was. Now he's about 15. Um, and they say autism can leave or not, but I mean, he is beautiful. He's the greatest artist I've ever seen in my life. But for him to stop being in his quote world, they just thought, Oh, he's autistic. He doesn't know, you know, right now. I see he understands everything. He understands what he's seeing. At least he understands that it's not healthy. So don't, don't undermine a child's intelligence from what they, a child shall lead the way. And he told her, Mom, if you don't get out of it, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, children are way more insightful than you give them credit. Um, If they see something which makes them sad and feel bad, and if they see something that makes their mom sad, then they know it is wrong. And, you know, when a child says that, I mean, children with autism are insightful on so many different levels. Absolutely. And that's what's so great because of their linear thinking. They see things that maybe you or I would not initially pick up on. And so whenever a child or a teenager says something to you, you you really have to listen because it is coming out honestly. It yeah. is, it, you know... Kids only tell you things that they need to share with you, um, especially teenagers. And so, you know, if a child says, you know, I'm sad because mommy's always crying and daddy's always mean, you need to sit there and think, wow, what is my child saying? Exactly. How is this, and how is this impacting his life? Because children feel very responsible for their parents' happiness. And well-being. And that's why so many of them have struggled with divorces because they think they are to blame. And so, you know, as adults, we need to act as adults and remember that. And your, your life situation should not become a burden for your child to figure out to bear. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I, you know, that's what I think. I think my sister was in that mindset to where, because uh, my niece she had is very vibrant, very almost like a mini me. In a different way where she was kind of like, I think she felt like there was no way for her to get that understanding of not putting it on the children, even though, you know, it didn't, it wasn't the right way. And it came up to the point where it's going to have some major effects on them and me being able to just go up there and see her body in the bed was, it's just, you know, to the point where I saw the sadness in their eyes and the tears come out. They couldn't see her body, but they knew something was changed for the rest of their life. And it was the most painful moment, you know? They sense things. Kids are so very intuitive and insightful. They sense things. They see, you know, the the way you look at them. They sense your body language, and they will believe it and interpret it, and it may not be what's actually going on, and that's why we have to be so, you know, 
so very careful when we just look at a child and roll our eyes. That's not good. You yeah, know? exactly. That message, is, that message is saying, oh, really? You're not worthy of my attention. I'm not even going to talk to you. you. You know, and then we know that we hold on to negative thoughts. It's, it's a very sad reflection of the society we've become, but we... We have not developed resilience to negativity and criticism, and we need to do that in our kids. And, you know, somebody will say to us eight wonderful comments about, you know, how good we are, how nice we are, how nice we look, you know, how proud they are. And then somebody will come along with one hurtful, negative comment, and we will spend the rest of our day thinking of that one comment instead of thinking about all the other positives that came. Yes. And... You know, we, we have to change that mindset, especially as adults, but we have to foster that in our children that, you know, you, you deal with that one negative comment and then you think about all the good and positives and enhance your own sense of self-worth and continue to move forward. And yes, I mean, we have to, we, we lead by example, right? If we're sitting at the kitchen table, going on and on and on and on and on and on about what a colleague did at work, then what is that teaching our kids? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's um, it, it's it's a tough life for, for, for everybody. I, I get that. But I think we've forgotten that it's really hard for kids today. I would hate to be a, a kid growing up in this world. Yeah, um, yeah it's absolutely. Not a, it's, not, it's not a nice world. And you really have to stop paying attention to your kids, what you're exposing them to, what you're saying to them, what you're allowing them to watch on, you know, their, their phones and on the internet. You, you really need to do that because there's a lot of mean, cruel, nasty people out there. And yes. Yeah. We know what can happen, and so you you really need to be that that gatekeeper. They hide by it. Yeah, they can hide better now behind the web and say oh, what they really feel. Oh, you know, absolutely. If you have a child or a teenager that's confused or hurting or is feeling, you know, vulnerable and doesn't have the love from a parent or an adult in their life. And you have someone on the World Wide Web that creates an identity that tells them they're the most wonderful person in the world. Well, who do you think they're going to go to? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I love, unconditional love and support starts at home, in the home environment. Um, when you have kids seeking it online, then you've got to take a step back and wonder what's going on in life. Because that, that should... And I know it doesn't always, but that should start at home. And if it's not at home, then there should be an adult in, whether it's in school or in the community, that is giving that support and validation to that teenager that they do not have to go online to find it with a stranger who really is a predator. That is true. You know, that is very true. And all those who are out there, you can definitely try to resonate with or resonate i always say it the wrong way but <laughs> get that understanding of everything we've said uh for all you who are live on demand uh downloads whatever it might be to get the conceptualism that hey now is the time if any time in life there's the time to make a change 
It's now. It's not just the protests you see online. It's not just how many deaths are happening by COVID. Look, at the end of the day, you are always given a for sure ticket in life. And that is you will die. What day? We don't know how, but we don't want to know why or what day. Okay. At least that part. We don't want to know what day it is. That's why it's a mystery. But at the same time, get advantage, take advantage of that because now God rest my sister soul, my niece and nephew have to hold the guilt. And I'm hoping to catch that later on in life. Um, even through the courses right now to say, Hey, is it my fault? My mom's gone. Is it my fault for this? Is this going on? Is this going on? And at the end of the day, you have to put yourself in check and catch it before anything gets out of it. And if you haven't, you can still start now. And now you have a little bit more free time. I know a lot of people work from home, different things, but you have a little bit more free time to understand what's going on with that. And checking out, escaping the rabbit hole, my life with depression, uh, going on by Tracy Maxfield will definitely help you with that. And also you should, you can always tune into her too, by going to her weekly podcast, engage, educate, empower, um, that addresses all that. And I'm hoping, and from Tracy's just so amazing and I can't wait to come to Canada. Don't worry. I'm going to be visiting there pretty soon. Montreal, here I come, Quebec. Okay. I'm just saying, I want to go. I've always been obsessed over Canada, but, um, I just want to be able to go there for everyone to be able to educate themselves and get what they need to get even understanding more. And if Tracy, and if you ever want to come back to shed some more enlightenment or just we could just blog talk it out and just go on all the writs. I would love to have your energy back. And I don't know. I could. We could go for hours. Stop. We could go. We could go for hours. We could go for hours on here. But I'm just saying to all those who are out there, if you want to check out more too, you can go to www.tracymaxfield.com. That's T R A C E Y. That's T R A C E Y Maxfield M A X F I E L D dot com and as well she has instagram twitter going on facebook escaping the rabbit hole pinterest you know we have the links but we are going to have tracy's uh page up on real double dose channel dot blogspot.com always so you can check out all her links her full bio different things going on and meet this wonderful individual yourself uh tracy do you want to like leave off to say anything extra if you decide to come back you're always family but if you want to leave anything with those who are tuning in from all over the world right now my dear you know what i always say is if you're a parent or you know you're a family member and there's a child or teenager in your family why don't you stop what you're doing right now just put your phone down turn off the tv just stop what you're doing right now and go and find your kid and sit down on their level um, so you can make eye to eye contact, maybe just gently touch their shoulder or you know their boundaries with, with personal space and tell them how proud you are of them and how much you love them and that you'll do anything for them. And they may say, get out of here, you're creeping me out, what are you up to, <laughs> oh, what's going on? But you don't know what's going on in your kid's mind and you could have saved them from going down a very dark path and you have opened the door to maybe having a very open, trusting relationship. Just do that and just walk away. But say it with sincerity and just walk away. And, you know, even if you feel hurt by some of the things, they come back with you. Just bite your tongue, walk away, go back down, carry on what you're doing. What you don't know is as you're walking away, they're going to have a little glow in their heart and they're going to feel much better. And... That can be the start of something that's very healing, especially if you're having challenges right now. But you need to reach out and let them know. Because every child who has survived suicide has said 
they did it because they felt no one loved them and no one would miss them. And you need to reinforce to them that he or she is loved and you are still very proud of them. Wow. Wow, that is so deep. You know, oh, that is very, you know, that's, that's very deep, Tracy. And for all those who are out there, I'm just trying to catch you skeptics out here. You know, I had to come around, Tracy. For all those who say, well, I'm not that sentimental or me and my family don't get gushy. I can't stand. And I'm just saying you guys can email us about this later because I know you're going to have something to say. Uh, whoever says, you know, you're 7,000 on my side, 70,000 against. I don't know, but I'm just saying <laughs> from the thousands and thousands that we can see, um, Okay, people, get a sticky notepad, okay? Get a sticky note and put some positive words. If you feel like you don't want to come off your machoism or your female strength, yeah. whatever it is, put a sticky note on the mirror or where you know their little systems are and say, man, I opened up my notebook and it says, I just want to leave a note that said you're amazing. Okay, we'll open up another yeah. one. Okay, well, on your lunch, but whatever it might be, even if it's an apple they're going to eat later on or their favorite bag of Cheetos from the dollar store. So don't complain about that. You can find 99 cents, okay? I'm just saying like... Whatever it might be, make sure you leave your mark. Because one thing you don't want to say is, I didn't know how to say it. No, you just didn't want to press yourself to be that person you needed to be. So you're you're saving something for them because you don't know how short life is. And you want to be able to say, and I remember a lot of people said, I needed that closure with my family so I could at least know how they felt about me. I just wanted my dad or my mom or someone to tell me they were proud of me. Someone to tell me that I'm amazing. I, I'm, I'm okay with who I am. And just that, like Tracy was saying, that single couple words is, is the, the, the antidote to a whole life of misery. Just starting to plant the seed. You know, you don't plant a seed and you don't have a garden tomorrow. You don't, you don't sit there and you water it for two days and all of a sudden you have a whole huge cornfield. When you see farmers out there or people out there doing what they do, they don't see a calf be born and all of a sudden it's a full grown cow in 24 hours. You have to take time and nurture whatever you're doing. You just like job. You don't start a job and you get promoted in 24 hours. You, you don't do that. You have to learn the training. You have to do that and you have to retrain yourself from the training you haven't gotten to understand how to train yourself in the right way it should be so you can make sure you're leading a path blazing ahead to help those out there who are depending on you for their life source yes i just had to piggyback off of you tracy i know i know it is right there yeah so i mean like it's been it's been more than a pleasure and i definitely would go on if tony wasn't telling me i couldn't but at the same time tracy we hope to have you back and we we love you i know he has this little i mean he keeps me in check from whatever is going on with this, this the scheduling or this timing whatever he has going on but he kind of gets a nuisance every once in a while. but i'll give him a positive word later on to make sure i'm planting a seed we love you tony i'm like <laughs> But we love you too, Tracy Maxfield, everyone, the most wonderful, awesome person out here. And we just want to say thank you so much for being there with us. We love you. You're amazing. Check us out at real double dose channel, uh, dot blogspot.com. I think a little bit of a technical difficulty happened, but check us out at real double dose channel, dot blogspot.com and as well as real double dose channel at yandex.com. That's y-a-n-d-e-x.com. You can check out more about Tracy Maxfield's information and so much. Like we said before, just make sure you just completely stay awesome, stay elevated. Always remember to be the change, feel the passion embrace the power of that wonderful spirit we love you you're amazing stay up stay blessed and we'll be back with you very 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 soon